शिला गुरुदेव की जय श्रीमान महाप्रभु की जय श्री हरिनाम संकीर्तन की जय श्री श्री दौजी गोपाल जी की जय ग्रामतरा श्रीमद भागवतम की जय गौर भक्तवृंद की जय concerning the Bhagavat Chatur Shloki or Bhagavat Chatur Shloki of the Bhagavat in four verses um, that encapsulate the, the very essence that the Bhagavatam wants to ultimately deliver us in its most uh, comprehensive form, especially in what we call as Vajalila. But here we are in the sixth canto, in the middle of the world, and here the Bhagavatam is given some uh, appetizer of that, some trailer of what's coming next. So today is our fourth lecture and we will be studying, discussing the third verse of this fourth once. Uh, and tomorrow we'll have our last lecture regarding this study and after that one more lecture for questions and answers concerning this series. So let's make some brief recap of yesterday's lecture. We were studying verse 25 of this chapter 11 of this sixth canto of the Bhagavatam. There Brita Sura was saying, Nanaka Prishtam, Nachapara Mischam, Nasar Bhavumam, Narasadi Patyam, Najoga Shivira Punar Bhavamba, Samanja Satwa Vidahaya Kanshya. Here he addresses Bhagavan, the Lord of his life, as Samanjasa, our source of all opportunities. And he starts to say, No, 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 no. I don't want. Dhruvalok, I don't want Vaikuntha, I don't want uh, Brahmalok, Swarga, I don't want sovereignty on, on earth, uh, earthly kingdom, I don't want the Sadapatyam, lower planetary systems, domain there, and I don't want, just in case, Yoga City nor Apunarabhavam, uh, Mukti, Apabhargi. So, in this way, here, <clears throat> Shibrita Sura is basically paraphrasing Mahaprabhu's fourth verse, or we could say Mahaprabhu is paraphrasing Brita Sura, whatever may be the case, but presenting this basic idea of Sudha Bhakti or non selfish pursuit apart from Bhakti for Bhakti's own sake, which is a very foundational cornerstone in our Gaudiya Siddhanta, which is the type of ideal we want to embrace, it's totally devoid of all separate interests, anyavila sita sunyam. And that's the foundation of Sudha Bhakti, which sometimes is called Ruchi also, depicted in this fourth verse of Sikshastakam as well. So here British Sura is expressing, I don't want anything, basically, if that is to become an obstacle in my devotional pursuit. If that will facilitate my devotional pursuit, I will welcome Everything. Yukta Vairagyam, strictly speaking, means that. Yukta Vairagyam means proper renunciation, which means I only reject the exploitative, if you will, side or the non-devotional side of, of everything. But I accept, embrace everything from the devotional perspective. So that we do not renounce things, people, situation, but we renounce a particular approach to reality in terms of karma, in terms of jnana, in terms of Bhogatyag, Bhukti Mukti, 
That's what Gaudiya Vaishnava rejects. But what we accept is bhakti, the devotional way of approaching everything. And that's proper renunciation. We know what to renounce and what not to renounce. What's favorable for bhakti we embrace, what's unfavorable we dismiss. So here, in, in that verse, Bhritvasura is giving some uh, sequence, if you will, rejecting, starting from Vaikuntha, the highest spiritual devotional even possibility, theistic one, and going to lower and lower and lower uh, conceptions, ending in Mukti, which according to Jiva Goswami is the low end, because it does not afford any possibility whatsoever for uh, loving relationship with anyone, because there is no one there, nobody there, so there is no possibility of our individuality being expressed there. Hmm? So, <clears throat> well, basically that's the idea that we were discussing in detail yesterday. Of course, we went into some detail about each one of these specific goals. We are just making one brief recap here. So let's continue with the verse that has today with us here. Hmm? Uh, so... Uh, here it is, verse you have there in the blackboard you call. It's not black, but a white whiteboard. whiteboard. Yeah, it's a whiteboard. <laughs> so you have whiteboard, and I will share one minute in the Facebook Live whiteboard as well, in the chat section, for the ones who may like to, to accompany. So we will go with this verse. Today we are uh, studying, there it is. Today we are studying verse 26 from the 11th chapter of this canto, the third one of this Bhavachati Shloki. It's maybe the most well-known one between the four. So it says like this. Ajata pakshaiva mataram kaga sanyambat yatavakshata rakshudarta triyam vishana Mano so, the translation of the verse says like this, Bhrita Suda, remember, blazing, thrown in a blazing ocean of fire, of separation, he's expressing his heart in this way. O lotus-eyed Lord, as baby birds without developed wings always look for their mother to feed them, as small calves distressed with hunger, desire to see the cow with milk in her udder, or as a morose wife desires her husband who is away from home, I long to see you. So in each one of these lines, a particular example is given, a particular analogy that now we will explain in detail, and here there is some also hierarchy or gradation in the examples that Bhutisur is given according to the commentators in verse in this. Similar to the previous verse, he, he mentioned different stages, but that was in a particular order. Too. So here the verse begins saying, Ajata Pakshaiva Mataram Kaga. Hmm? So Ajata Paksha refers to a bird who has no wings yet, like a baby bird who is not able to fly out of its own, who remains in the nest. Nest? Yes, waiting for for his mother to come. So Ajata Paksha Iva. Iva means like, such as, no? in this case, a baby without wings. Mataram Kaga. Mataram comes from Mata, from mother. 
And paga means like a bird, actually. Ajata paksha means without wings. And paga, paga means a bird, refer to a little bird in this case. So the first line is the first example. Such as a bird, a wingless bird, little bird waiting for his mother to feed them. Second line, sanyam yatabhat satarat sudarta. So sanyam means, refers to the milk from the other of the cow, sanyam. Yata has to do with such as, again, second example, batsutara. Batsutara means the, the calf, like batsa, batsalya. Batsutara, shuddha artha. Artha means afflicted, and should has to do with hunger. So such as, second example, the calves afflicted by hunger and waiting for the mother's milk. On the third line, Priyam Priyabha Vishitam Vishana. So Priyam means a, a, a wife or a lover, if we want to then speak more in Parakya like terms. Priyam Priyabha. Priya Priyabha. So actually, Priyam, the first Priyam has to do with the male in, in this particular analogy, the husband or the male lover. And Priya, the second Priya, has to do with the, lo the female lover of the, or the wife. Priyeva, Iva means again, such as. Vishitam hmm? Vishana. Vishitam means absent from, from home. Vishitam Vishana. And Vishana means like sad. So such as the wife who is sad since his, her husband is away from home. And now comes, comes the, the converging point of all these three analogies. Brittasura is speaking for himself now. He says, Manora Bindakshat Vidrikshati Tram. So, Mana means my mind. Arabindaksha is a name for Krishna, which means you, the one of lotus eyes. Arabinda means lotus, and action means eyes. Lotus eyes, all lotus eyes. Vidrikshati Tram. So, Tram means me, I. Uh, means Tram means you, sorry, to you. And Vidrikshate means to see. I wish I wish to to see. So my mind wish to see you all of the side, basically. In the same way as the birds, this, the the cup that the lover did. So basically that's the the structure of the verse. No? Each line presenting a particular uh, proposal. So we have always again to bear in mind we are speaking here about the Bhava Chatur Sloki. The trailer for the zenith of the Bhagavad, which will converge in Braj, which speak to us about Braj, speak to us about Raga Bhakti. We see the Ragatmika Bhakti there, the example of the Ragatmikas, so we may follow that in the context of Raga and Nuga Bhakti. And as it's properly mentioned, the qualification for Raga Bhakti is Lobha. This is what Srila Rupa Goswami, we won't go into full detail there. But the, the, that which gives us adhikar for engaging in Raghavakti means basically loba. Loba means greed. Some type of greed to follow in the footsteps of the Brajavasis. According to that level of greed, we are somehow or other walking in this path of Raghavakti. In the beginning, we may not have full greed. It may be more Ajata Ruchi Raghavakti, as Sila Jiva Goswami says, without that much fervor. But some Sangha is there that is giving us bhakti scars in that direction. So, lova. Lova means, again, greed or hankering or, again, longing, a way of saying that. And, again, this is expressed 
in this particular bed, no? as, it, as with the others. Ritusur is like longing. No? I wish, my man wish to see you. Such as this and this and this, my man wants to see you. No? Again, this is mainly the most well-known verse of the whole Bhagavad And remember, all this plays itself out in the context of separation, which is a, the, way, the only way we can go through union. As Guru Maharaj will say, through the low tide of separation, we access the high tide, high wave of, of union in the ocean of Pran, eventually. And the Bhagavatam especially showcasing separation. The Prakat Lila is especially showcasing separation. The Aprakat Lila in Golubrindavan is more characterized by union, and the earthly pastimes have more to do with chronology, if you will, space and distances and separation. So it's a very, it's a, an entry point for us, eventually, Sarakas into the Nitya Lila. That's what is mentioned in the scripture. We need to be born in the Prakat Lila, go through that particular separation that the Nitya Siddhas are going on earth at some point on a daily basis and what to speak when Krishna lives, quote-unquote, Vrindavan, all that will come to us in the form of Bhakti Samskars and will further turn our path, our friend eventually, and allow us to develop the, the, the refinement stages of Prem that comes after Prem. Vishwanachakavartaku says, here in this lifetime we can develop Prem maximum, but from Prem up, Sneha, Mampranaya, Raganurag, Bhama, Mahabha, we need to get born in the Prakat Lila and start to receive Bhakti Samskar from the Nitya Siddhas, from the womb of a Gopika, where we will be born in from. So we will be receiving Bhakti Samskar from Nitya Siddhas from day one. We need that for refinement of our of friends. So you can imagine a very powerful environment. So, Virtusura is, again, showcasing all this here. Separation, longing, pure bhakti, no selfish desire. The foundation, the stage of Saranagati on which, as Guru Mahesh would say, the drama of the Lila will be performed. So let's share some of the commentaries of the of the Purvacharyas and also, of course, try to elaborate of the particular analogies given here. So let's begin with what Srila Prabhupada mentions in his commentaries, a relatively brief commentary he makes. So he says, A pure devotee always yearns to associate personally with the Lord and render service unto Him. The three examples given in this regard are most appropriate. A small baby bird is practically never satisfied except when the mother bird comes to feed it. A small calf, second example, is not satisfied unless allowed to suck the milk from the mother's udder. And three, a chaste, devoted wife, whose husband is away from home, is never satisfied until she has the association of her beloved husband. That's the end of the purpose. So basically, Srila Prabhupada here is mainly like hammering the post in the direction of without Bhagavan, I am not satisfied. That's the main journal point he's making. Regarding all the three lines and all the three analogies, he's not presenting a gradation here, but trying to emphasize this point. He's starting, he starts speaking about a pure devotee, how a pure devotee yearns to always remain in this association of Bhagavan. Without that, there is no satisfaction. So that's a basic but important idea because that speaks about who is a pure devotee. Not pure devotee means proportionately to that we feel satisfaction 
without the service of Bhagavan and the Vaishnava. We still have Bahu Saka Hyananta Our idea of satisfaction and purpose as we are spoke that day is multi branched yet. Yet it's not yet Ekeha Guru Nandana. Mamekam Shadanambra. It's not one pointed. The pure devotee means one pointed uh, sense of satisfaction. The sense of satisfaction of the pure devotee is mainly in the context of giving satisfaction. And, and that's how he or she derives satisfaction. In one specific direction that is not limited at all, it's the center. And as Silas Iran will say, the center is everywhere. Strictly speaking, our center is everywhere. So we can find that possibility everywhere. So, <clears throat> so again, this verse is, is emphasizing or giving, emphasizing this idea of laulium, emphasizing this idea of longing, of yearning, of sighing, no? being in love with Bhagavan, waiting for him, yearning for him. My life depends on him. He's my life. I don't think in terms of my life. No? I do not own myself. <laughs> Sometimes in this world we're mainly concerned about that. What can be mine? And we are not asking, who do I belong to? But pure devotee means all the tendency goes in that direction. No? Who is my maintainer, my owner, my lover, my everything? Mamata. The sense of possessiveness starts to grow more and more. So Raga Bhakti has to do with that. Mahaprabhu's gift has to do with that. Prema Rasa Niryasa Kuriti Ashwadam Raga Marga Bhakti Loki Kodikya Pracharan says Chaitanya Charitamrita. Mahaprabhu is coming mainly with for two purposes in a, a brief way. He tastes Prema Rasa Niryasa to taste the flavors of Prem Rasa, his own like for personal purpose, and Raga Marga Bhakti Loki Kodikya Pracharan to establish Raga Marga Bhakti in the world, which will be a byproduct of his tasting. So, and again, that's Raga Bhakti, that's what Mahaprabhu comes to give, and the qualification for that, as we say, is lowliam, or divine uh, greed, mm-hmm. sacred greed, sacred, say, sacred passionate love, mm-hmm. greed. And also, this is famous verse of Chaitanya Charitamrita, which actually was written first by Rupa Goswami in his Padiavali, that speaks about greed as the only currency available in the marketplace of. Raga Bhakti, if you will. Krishna Bhakti, Rasa Bhakti, Tamati, Kriyatam, Yadikuto, Pilabhyate, Tatra Laulam, Mulyame, Kalam, Janmakoti, Sukritarna, Labhyate. This famous verse, which Srila Prabhupada says, say that my idea for naming my society, Society for Krishna Consciousness, the concept of Krishna Consciousness, he said, came from this verse, which is speaking about Krishna Bhakti Rasa and how in order to taste Krishna Bhakti Rasa, you won't have that by heaps of hundreds of lifetimes of pious actions, of mundane, punya, material, charity or piety, but it can only be attained, say, by paying one price, ekalam mulyam, and it is tatra laulam, only paying the incoins of, of greed, if you will. That's the way you will obtain that in the market. And, and, and Krishna Dastar, and, and Rupa Goswami thinks he's saying, if that product is available anywhere, you have to purchase it without delay. That's basically the idea. If that Krishna Bhakti Rasa is avail- available in any market, or it comes in any form, that's the point, 
you have to go beyond. Oh, no, I will only take that if it comes from this particular institution or it takes this particular form. And, no, if it comes anywhere, if you are really greedy, you will be thinking in terms of how can I take that? No? That's the idea of someone greedy. It's not that I only will have it if I, uh, you don't have greed. Greed means I must have it somehow or other. The example, that's example generally. I want the gulab jamun. Oh, it's 10 rupees. Oh, I don't have 10 rupees. But if I'm greedy, I will say, I might have it somehow or other. I will ask for money. I will steal. I will, but I must have it. Or I will have a cow, milk the cow, take care of the cow, prepare the milk, make, go through all the different rules and regulations to have the object of my greed finally. So that's the parallel given to our following rules and regulations in order to obtain the object of our greed. That's the ideal of Raga Bhakti. Mm -hmm. So again, this verse and all these verses are speaking about Lobha, so we can continue speaking about this idea of sacred, passionate love, but let's concentrate for a minute in this connection in, in the three examples that Britra Sura is giving in this verse, because the commentators share some considerable words about that. So let's go with the first one. Ajata Pakshaiva Mataram Kaga. Again, first analogy was um, like baby birds without developed wings mm, that are always looking for their mother to feed them. So again, that to begin with, we can express that basic foundation. No? I don't have wings on my own. I'm a baby Vaishnava bird. <laughs> I'm in the kindergarten of the spiritual whatever. I depend on my well-wishers. I cannot fly on my own, if you will. I don't have that capacity to sustain myself independent. I depend on my Lord to be sustained, to be nourished, and so on. But let's share what Viswanath Chakravarti Thakur says about this, and then also Srila Goswami. Those will be the two main commentators we will be referring to today. So he's saying, this one actually about it, okay. <clears throat> paraphrasing Brita Sura, he says, Though I long for you, attaining you depends on you. I can do nothing in this regard. Hmm? Here comes the point that the Guru Mahesh always smashes on like personal effort and mercy. Hmm? So we can make some effort and sacrifice in order to get mercy, understanding I am limited in what I can do, but I will try to do my best in order to to develop a proper feeling of necessity in a sincere way and attract the mercy of Bhagavan. But it's Bhagavan the one that will extend His grace to me. I cannot just enter there. So let's say Maharaj will give the example of the visa. I can take, I can do all the papers for the for the passport, but the visa will be given from the land I want to enter into. So, uh, there is a point that I can do nothing just but pray and acknowledge my dependence on the higher realm. Mm -hmm. So, Vishwanath starts his purpose in this connection. Mm -hmm. I long for you, but my attainment of you, says Richard Sura here, is not depending on me. As, as the baby bird is depending on his mother for remaining alive, for obtaining food, nourishment. So, in the same way, on our daily basis, we have to do something. Here the baby bird may just cry or long, develop, increase his longing, but the rest of the part is done by, by his mother. 
So similarly, we have to do our part, as Guru Maharaj would say, knowing that most part is not done by ourselves, but it's being done by Hari Guru Bhaisa. So we depend on grace. That's a very important point that we need to not to abuse, but to properly understand. Not to become lazy. <laughs> grace will do everything, but not to go to the other extreme either. So Bishwanath gives some examples also. He says, for example, uh, fearing the owls and afflicted by hunger, the baby birds which have not grown their wings long to see their mother at every moment. Flapping their useless wings, long uh, thinking that the mother has come, they chirp and open their beaks. <laughs> Still the mother did not come, but they are... They have the need. No? They are fearful. So that also kind of illustrates more of a beginner's, as we will see, stage. No? Still, as we will see, we will be more concerned with our own, what we want to receive from others. No? Not so much or giving to the other person, but I need that, but I need, I need, I need for me, for me, but I'm not thinking in terms of giving to anyone. As long as I receive what I need, my longing starts to dissolve. That will be the idea here, no? So according to Vishwanath here, Krishna says to Sura, Just as the mother bird comes and protects the babies from owls and satisfies their hunger by placing small bugs she has brought one by one in their beaks, I will protect you from these three miseries and from enemies like Indra and satisfy your desire by giving enjoyment of Swarga and Brahmalok. Okay, Vishwanath is paraphrasing what Krishna may be saying between these lines. And as we know, we can imagine what Vrityasura will reply if Krishna says to him, I will satisfy you giving Swarga. He already said that in the previous verse, what, what he will do with Swarga. <laughs> no, thank you. Not the parameter. So, <clears throat> so in this way, again, this is a level of approach to Bhagavan. Krishna also mentions in the Gita, Arta Jignasura, Arta Tidhyani Chavara Tarsura. Arta, not someone who is afflicted, May approach to Bhagavan, may approach Bhagavan, and he may he will reciprocate on that level. So here Bhagavan is offering that level of reciprocation. I will protect you from suffering. I will give you pleasure. Many most representing most people go to God for that. Stop suffering and enjoy. Stop suffering and enjoy. Stop suffering and enjoy. So this is the first example at the first level, if you will. Of approach to Bhagavan. But as we will see, Prithasura himself won't be satisfied with his own analogy, <laughs> according to Jiva Goswami. So let's see what Jiva Goswami says. He says this in the his commentary to this verse, Krama Sandarbha, which he also mentions in his Priti Sandarbha, Anucheda 72. So Srila Jiva Goswami says, birds without wings, between quotation mark, indicates a person without any other shelter and who does not have the ability to approach the Lord by himself. So that's a qualification. Even though you may still be thinking in terms of protect me, give me, at least you acknowledge I have no other shelter. That's, that requires some insight because for many times you may be just thinking in terms of many other shelters. Duras Raya, which is called false shelter. So you realize, my make on Sharanam, as Krishna says, I am the only shelter. Okay, that's something. 
Jiva continues, the mother has natural compassion and especially has compassion for her children. Any mother, especially for her children. Thus, the Lord has natural compassion and has a special compassion for his devotees. Because of this quality of the mother, the offspring have great affection for the mother. But the small birds live and taste something else, such as insects. Since they do not crave solely for the mother, another example will be given. So, Jiva Goswami gives like a glimpse of why this is not the fullest idea. First of all, in, in, regarding the perfection of an analogy, he's like analyzing these terms. An analogy should be as closer as possible to that which tries to represent. So, which as is trying to express a particular feeling, which is of a particular quality as we have seen in previous verses. So this first analogy is not quite fitting for that because to begin with, again, the birds are actually hunkering for food, not so much for the mother. I mean, the mother is just the medium for them being protected and fed. When they receive that, they are not so much yearning her mother's presence. They're yearning that when she's not there and they are afraid and they are hungry. So again, this is not what British Surah intends. It's not that, oh, now he wants Christian separation when this union, I forget about Christians now. And also the example carries this defect that is, in this case, the birds want the mother, but the mother comes and they are tasting something else from the mother. They are tasting whatever food the mother has brought, some box or whatever. So it's not directly connected to the mother. Even though they hunger for the mother, they hunger for something else coming from the mother. So the analogy is not so direct. You follow the idea, British tourists hunkering directly for Bhagavan. It's not that he's hunkering for Bhagavan, so he can have something else apart from that. He has no separate desire. So after giving this first analogy, but we will see that British is not yet that satisfied with his own composition. <laughs> so as a, as a brief recap before going to the second line, uh, well, this third analogy shows baby birds without, almost without wings, not able to fly, completely dependent on their mother hmm, for food, for shelter, for nourishment. So <clears throat> the mother goes to look for that. The babies are sitting in the nest, nest eagerly waiting for her to bring that. And... And they are in this situation, even if they see the the, 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 the leaves of the trees, how do you say in English, like rustle, no? they may feel, oh, my mother is coming, and they start to open their, their little beaks, like an instinctive way of food is coming, actually. They say, ma, ma, mother has come, but actually the implication is, open your beak, <laughs> mother has come. <laughs> so that's the conception of mother has come, open your beak, be ready to, to receive. But again... Britishura was not that happy with this example because, again, the baby birds only want the food, the shelter. They are not waiting for their mother for their mother's sake. The mother is just one. It's instrumental in feeding them, in protecting them. So many people approach God in this way. God is an instrument for them to obtain shelter, food, nice husband, nice wife, nice home, nice this, nice children. So the point is this, the mother will come, will give food to the little birds, and the birds will 
sit quietly, maybe sleep, and don't care that much for their mothers anymore. At least they are hungry again, or they are fearful again. Mm -hmm. So this is the first level mm -hmm. of certain principles that, of course, the Bhagavatam mentioned, like poshana, shtana, mm -hmm. which means like ma maintenance and, and nourishment. These are principles that Bhagavan is uh, performing, if you will, and we need them for sure. But it's a level of that, or, or sometimes it is say one of the main principle of Saranagati, Rakshishati Vishwaso Goptriti Varanam. Krishna is my, uh, I, I have confidence that Krishna will protect me, and Goptriti Varanam, I accept that I'm being maintained by Krishna. These are crucial constituents of Saranagati that need to be in place in our practice. But again, in, in a particular context, not in the context we are sharing here, the chest receiving that and no reciprocation whatsoever. So, let's go to the second analogy since Brita uh, Sura is not that satisfied yet. So hopefully we are not either <laughs> following his move. Of course, we appreciate whatever is in the present one because there are lots of elements that need to be in place in order for us to upgrade ourselves into the second analogy. So let's go to the second line, second analogy. Uh, Sanyam Yatabat Satarak Sudarta. So this is the second line, small calves, that's the example now, which are distressed with, hung with hunger, and they are like somehow rather desiring to see the cow uh, with, the, with milk in her other, I mean their mother cow with their full other, other full of milk. So again, so these are examples of yearning, remember, of longing. But there are different levels of longing, different conceptions of that. So let's go to Vishwanath, meaning to this Vishwanath's meaning to this particular uh, line. So this is connected to what he said before. Remember, Vishwanath had said to paraphrase Bhagavan, saying to Brihaspati, "I will protect you from all problems. I will give you Swarga, Brahma, Log, enjoyment. No problem." So Brihaspati will say, according to Vishwanath, "I do not desire anything." Accept your sweetness. That's the reply of a British Sura according to Vishwanathikavartikata. I don't want even your majesty. That's the point. I only, I'm only interested in an intimate relationship of service with you. I don't even want, in other words, by Kunta will be the idea. Because he said already, he rejected that in the previous word, Nanaka Prishtam. So what to speak of Swarga? I only want your sweetness, say Vishwanath. I don't want even Aishvarya. So what to speak of heavenly planets without below, by Kunta. This, all this was rejected in the previous verse, but just in case Vishwanath is repeating the point here. So Vishwanath says, in this way, Sura was not satisfied with this first line and first reply of Bhagavan to that first line. So he gives this second example here, which is a more accurate one, closer to to what he wants to transmit according to what he feels. Even though it won't be enough, as we will see. And they will, we will have the need of a third analogy. <laughs> so the example here is Bhatsatara, hmm? the young cubs, hmm? which, which are like tied by a rope in the house while the mothers had gone to, for pasturing into the forest. So they are in separation from their mothers, hungry, tied, 
wanting to, but they cannot go by themselves to the forest, and they're waiting for that. And they just have eyes for an other full of milk. That's the only thing they <laughs> have eyes for, basically. And full of determination. I will only drink drink the milk from my mother's father, if you will. There, some fixation, if you will, some focus there. But connected to suffering because of hunger, so again, there is certain uh, motivation behind. Mm -hmm. So again, to one point, this example could be more accurate in the sense that what the calves want is directly directed to their mothers. The milk is there in their mothers. It's a little bit more direct than the previous example, which the bird waits for the mother, but the mother was bringing something else from outside of herself. In this case, the example is more if you will, immediately related to, to the object of the example, the cows and the mother and the cows and the milk inside the cows, if you will. <laughs> but still the motivation is the cows want the, want the mother or no, they want the cow, the, the milk from the other. So that's the main interest. So still it won't be fully satisfying, but let's continue with with Priti Sandarbha, uh, or, or with Krama Sandarbha, whatever may be the case where Jiva Goswami also commands with this, on this. this. There are lots of commentaries, so today I mainly share your commentaries, but you are very interesting. It says like this. The calf desires to see his mother cow and her other, though only the other is mentioned. Like implying, he actually wants the other, but in order to have an other with milk, you need a cow. <laughs> you need your mother. No, but the, the focal, focal point is the other. And beyond the other is the milk inside the other. So the other and the mother are considered non-different. Again, you cannot have one without the other. You cannot have an other full of milk without the cow. You cannot have a cow who has a calf that may not have the other. So this is a better example, Jiva Goswami says, than the previous one. Since the mother supplies the milk directly, which we already mentioned, while the bird brought food from somewhere else. So regarding analogies, this plays itself out more accurately, it's in a more immediate and direct way. The calf lives and tastes by the mother alone. The young calves, prevented by the master of the house, cannot follow their mother cow. They are hungry because a long time has passed without their mother. So there is some separation. The cow also has great natural affection for the cows. However, a difference of cause and effect, the cows and its other, makes this example still imperfect. Like the example of the young birds and insects. Again, this is something, a cause and there is an effect, two different things. Seeing the unsteadiness of the pretty in this example, another example will be given. Interesting. Yeah? Pretty means like affection. So the example is not showing an interrupted flow of affection. It's unsteady affection. Because it's, again, it's being interrupted. There is something in between. You know? The calf, the cow, the other, the milk. So there are some obstacles in the way, in analogy-like way. It's not just something directly to the object of my affection. It's, it's diluted in the way. So again, because of the imperfection in the first example, Brittisura tried the second one, which described the calf tied to a rope, waiting for her mother in separation, waiting for her other, waiting for her milk. 
uh, with anxiety. Again, so on one level, one can apply that hmm, and long for Bhagavan so he can come and give me his grace directly and suffering and separation from him. And of course, the cow returns from the pastures and the calf is untied and runs to the mother happily and goes straight to the other <laughs> and starts to receive nourishment, which is like, okay. I mean, we need that nourishment in a spiritual term. We will rush in that direction. But again, there's something else to the equation. There's something that we are expected to give in the context of, of Sutta Bhakti. So, but again, the, the, as we said, the, the hankering of the calf is not Sutta Bhakti, if you will. No, it's not exclusively focusing her mother's, for her, her mother's best interest, but mainly is concerned about her other and what he can extract from them. So one, the, the, the calf has drunk the milk, again, the longing. The point is here, we are speaking about longing. So Brita Sura is trying to, the idea of the button here is he try to convey the idea of longing, uninterrupted longing. Now, longing in separation, but in union there will be another form of longing. It's not that longing disappears, longing this like gets diluted. So these examples still show this imperfection, unsteadiness of pretty. I have some longing, but when my mother comes and brings the milk, longing is gone. So British says, that's not what I want to say. And of course, needless to say, Krishna, Guru, Vaishnava are not for that. It's not that, oh, please, I need something. Oh, thank you very much. And then I need something. Oh, please, thank you. This is the famous example, Punar Mushiko Bhava. This great devotee, sage, mystic, and, and some mouse is coming, and he's meditating, and, and he becomes like distracted because of the mouse, and say, oh, what are you doing here? Oh, one cat is you know, trying to eat me. Please help me, you are a great saint. Make me a cat. Okay, may you become a cat. Katastu. So the mouse becomes a cat. Oh, thank you so much. But the cat goes. The longing was, save me. So after some time, the cat comes again and starts to run on the stage. What's going on now? Oh, a dog wants to bite me. Make me a dog, make me a dog. Okay. May you be a dog. Thank you very much. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> so he goes for the sad only to help me, protect me, give me. Thank you very much. Goodbye. See you next problem. <laughs> and eventually the dog comes again. There are many examples in between. The whole animal kingdom is involved. But eventually the dog comes and says, Oh, help me, help me, what's going on? A lion wants to eat me. I'm jumping some examples there. Okay, so what do you want? You want to be a lion? Yes, make me a lion. Okay, may you be a lion. So the dog becomes, a, the, the mouse, cat, dog becomes a lion. And the lion starts to look at the sage. As his eyes start to shine. And some saliva starts to oh. So the sage says, what, what, What's going on now? What do you want now? You are a lion. Do you want to eat me now? I, I'm like a nice prey for you. Prey, you say? And the lion say, Yeah. Okay. So they say, You didn't understand anything. Punar Munshik of Hav. Which means, Again, mouse. Again, become a mouse. Punar, again, Munshik mouse. Bhava. Become. So the idea is, We shouldn't go to Hari, Guru, Vaishnava, just. Give me, protect me, nourish me. Thank you very much. See you next. When I need anything, 
And at one point, we became so ungrateful that we even start to exploit that person that gave us so much. We have taken so much, and at one point, we don't think what else we can take, so we start to abuse or whatever. That can happen if we are not properly grateful. We are to go even beyond gratitude, according to Sila Maharaj, but in order to transcend gratitude first, you have to be situated on the platform of gratitude properly. <laughs> so, so again, Brutusura is not fully satisfied with this second example. So we will go to the final one, third converging point, third example. Uh, I may extend a few minutes. I won't. I will, I will, I'll try to not do, but give me a blessing. <laughs> So the third analogy is a morose wife, priyam priyeva bhishitam bhishana, like a morose wife desiring her husband who is far away from home. So here we will see Prithasura attains self-satisfaction with his poetry. Now I'm finally happy with my work. So let's see what Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur says in this regard. Not satisfied with this example, with the second one, the one of the calf on the cow. British Sura gives another last example. The wife, morose because of affection and disturbed by separation, longs to see her husband who has gone to a distant land. So Britra says, just as the wife, using all her senses, desires to make her husband happy, so the principle is another one here, she desires to make him happy. And also decides to make all her senses happy by her husband's beauty, sweet voice, qualities, actions, and joking. So I will also serve you, and you will satisfy me. Of course, this is an analogy. So there is no analogy that is perfect and fully illustrates the original. But we should understand it's not that here British Buddha really wants Krishna satisfied me. But the point is, I will be satisfied by satisfying you. I mean, that's my satisfaction. The satisfaction of an unalloyed devotee is give satisfaction. The, the receiving, as we must all say, of, of, of pure devotees is his care given. Giving. No? So there is some receiving and satisfaction, but all that is in the context of what I can offer to my beloved. So it's, it's out of, of selfish center. No? So we have to understand this. Maybe the example of a material wife may not be fully accurate, but we can take that to. As we say, lovers, paramour love, parakia, the ultimate of the Bhagavatam will be speaking of that. The parakia of the gopis in that connection. And this something Vishwanath continues, say this was expressed in verse twenty-four, the first of the four verses. When he say British uh, say, May my mind remember the Lord of my life, Manash Maritasupatergunamse. May my words chant your glories, and may my body serve you. Body means senses. So, may I use my senses for the sense enjoyment of Krishna. That's the definition of Prem in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Krishna Andriya Pritibamcha Tare Balikam. Adnandriya Pritibamcha Tare Balikam. Krishna Andriya Pritibamcha Tare Balikam. To live for my sense enjoyment, that's lust. To live for Krishna's sense enjoyment, that's Prem. That's love. I mean, we live... It's no, there's no problem with sense enjoyment. The point, the point, point is, who is the object of that? <laughs> for which sense enjoyment we do live for, basically. The gopis are only living for Krishna's sense gratification. <laughs> their life revolves around sense gratification, but not their own. So that, that's a really the gist of, of it all. 
The Vishwanath continues saying the difference here, however, is that the wife satisfies the husband by dasya, sakya, and sringarasa, in a material sense, material wife. Whereas I, Brittasura is saying, will satisfy you by spiritual dasya rasa only. So the point here is, when he says spiritual dasya rasa means actually every rasa in, in, in the spiritual world is a form of dasya rasa. I mean, dasya is the foundation of sakya, batsalya, their friendship, the parenthood is in terms of service, if you will. It's not in terms of extraction, if you will. So it's very important. That is the foundation of every every rasa. So here, the Torahs are not mentioning till now. Ritesur is longing for this specific eternal position of service. But he's mentioning this foundation. Whatever the rasa may be, Dasya will be the foundation. So, and again, this verse, as he's speaking here about the lover and the beloved, romantic affair, longing in that connection, living for the sense enjoyment of the other. Ultimately, this is speaking about the zenith of the Bhagavatam, which the converging point there is the gopis, leaving all behind for giving pleasure to sins, Christian senses. That's the very name. One of the meaning of gopi is that. Go means senses, one of the meanings. And gopi means she who protects the senses. So it is said that the gopi protects Krishna's senses by giving themselves to those senses, by supplying sense enjoyment to Krishna. But again, this is not in a selfish way. Krishna has no selfishness. Gopis have no selfishness. It's not that there are two parties that are each other empty. They have some existential void. And they get together trying to fill each other. You, please... You, and you see, you project your own void in the other, and you feel, oh, he, she has the exact size of my existential void, so I will make him fit here, and I will be full. But the other is thinking the same. <laughs> so they are empty in this world. They get together trying to fill themselves. But when we speak about Krishna, the gopis is getting together. We are speaking about two full parties joining to celebrate the fullness. That's the point. They are not coming, looking at each other because I'm empty, please fulfill me, thank you very much, or whatever. So this is the meaning of Gopi. They protect Krishna's senses by offering their own senses. That's the main attribute of Madhurya Rasa, different to other Rasas. The Gopis give themselves from tip to toe to Krishna, especially in regarding offering their bodies, their senses, for Krishna in the context of romanticism. So again, at least in an implied potential way, this is present in this type of ideas. Which again, this is the Bhava Chaturshloki, which is pointing to the ultimate Bhava that the Bhagavatam is showcasing. Okay, let's go to Jiva Goswami's commentary before finishing. So, in his Krama Sandarva and also Priti Sandarva, he's saying regarding the third line, Priyampi Bhadi Chitambhishana, he says, though other meanings exist, when the word pretty is used for two people, pretty is affection, love. When it is used for two people, it is understood that they have natural, permanent love for each other. So again, we are try we are reaching now the perfection of previous analogy. The pre previous analogies didn't exhibit a permanent sense of pretty. That's why you also says there is unsteadiness of pretty in these analogies, because there is longing. But when there is food, there is milk, no more longing. Not that reciprocation. But here, ideally, these two lovers will express permanent love for each other. 
not like the two previous examples. And he gives some examples, Jiva Goswami, regarding the two lovers. He says, one sees that they die to one sees that they, the lovers, die together in all age or when young. No? If one part die, the other may die very soon. <laughs> in this case, the woman becomes depressed since her life depends on him alone and desires to see the man who is far away, Vyoshitan. Tasting him with her eyes, she longs for him. Similarly, Jiva Goswami continues, Brita Sura says, Manora Bindaksha Didrikshatitvam. He connects with the last line. Oh, Lotus, I love my mind wishes to see you. So similarly, Brita Sura says, My mind desires to see you. Now fall identify with the sense of this third analogy. So the actual subject is not mentioned, says Jiva Goswami. He says, to see you. The mind is the agent. This indicates that the mind, without thinking about it, desires the Lord. This indicates steadiness of pretty, fixation. See, it is natural. Again, the mind, the mind naturally goes in that direction, as, it, as the, the mind of the wife will spontaneously go there. So that's a much more befitting example. The mind, Jiva Goswami concludes saying, is like a bee. Like a bee? Living upon and relishing the great sweetness of the Lord. So sometimes poetically this is described, no? The idea of the bee and the, and the lotus. To say that Krishna has many names that compare him to a bee. Like Madhu Sudan, Madhu Pati, Madhu this, Madhu that, Madhu has to do with bumblebee. And this is especially depicted in the Brahma Gita, the song of the bumblebee even. And the example is given that the heart of his of the devotees is like a lotus, like a beautiful, fragrant lotus, open one. And Krishna is like a bumblebee that goes and and, and, and relishes the, the, the nectar, the pollen, the devotion of each devotee, and enters into their hearts, especially the pure devotees, and become, the bumblebee becomes intoxicated by tasting the nectar, and becomes so intoxicated that the, eventually at night the lotus will close, but the bumblebee remain inside the lotus without realizing that, totally that mad and intoxicated and relishing that. But it's no problem for the bumblebee. He will continue relishing that. So in the same way to say Krishna is like a bumblebee who enters into the heart of the devotees and becomes trapped there. And he doesn't want to go out either. No? That's what the Balatan says in other sections. Sada bohidayam maham sadunam hidayam toham maganyati na jananti naham Bhagavan says, I am the heart of my devotees, in the heart of my devotees, or the heart of my devotees, and they are in my heart, or they are my heart. I do not know anyone apart from them, and they do not know anyone apart from me. In the Gita Krishna says similar, Yomam pasyati sarvatra sarvam chamai pasyati natchatam na pranashiti satchamena pranashiti. It's a similar idea, no? Yomam pasyati sarvatra, my devotees see me everything and see everything in me. And I reciprocate accordingly. And also, Krishna is the bumblebee in the lotus heart of the devotees, but the devotees are a bumblebee, and Krishna represents the lotus. No, each both of them are bumblebees and lotus to each other, basically, no? because it's fully reciprocal. So <clears throat> then, in this third metaphor, British Sura again finally achieves self-realization in poetry, if you will. <laughs> He becomes fully satisfied with the analogy he has given with the beloved wife or lover, which is a burning, again, in the heat of separation, 
from her husband. This is what British tourists go on through here, burning in the fire, as we say, the forest fire of samsara, of the essence, of full essence of life. So this final analogy, the third one finally was able to express the mood of devotion that British tourists trying to convey here, in which he is praying for Bhagavan. And again, which will be fully impacted all implication will be fully impacted in Brindavan in the description of the Brajalila in the 10th country. So I wanted to share some further ideas and words regarding separation in itself, but we are almost in time, so I think we can leave that for tomorrow. And we can see the last verse, of course, of this Balachatu Shloki, and hopefully we have time to share some words about the principle of Biraha Bitvalamba separation in itself and how does it play itself out in our life of Sadaka so we can take full advantage of what Sura and the Bhagavata wants to share here with us. But here I'm finishing today putting the Harikata to rest. So thank you so much for your presence and see you tomorrow. Tilagurudev ki jai, Sriman Mahaprabhu ki jai, Yarinam Sankirtan ki jai, Shishi Daoji Gopal ki jai, Grantarashimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Gold Hakta Brindaki, Gold Priman, Hari Gold.